What is up, everyone? It is your boy, The Tank. It's Wednesday at noon, and I am here to talk to you about college and NFL football for the next hour on Weagle 91.1 FM. Let's not waste any time and get on with the show. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Tank Talks Football here on Weagle 91.1 FM. It is a beautiful day here at Auburn. I love it when it's cold. It feels like fall outside, and I have to say fall is my favorite season of the year, right after football season. But we had a great week of college football, uh, starting off with Michigan, Michigan State, of course. Uh, Michigan State got the win, 37-33. I'm going to start off with my dog of the week, which is Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, 23 carries, 197 yards, five touchdowns, 8.6 yards per carry. If Kenneth Walker was not in this game, Michigan State would not win. Uh, Michigan State, of course, actually had to come back to win this game. Uh, Michigan showed their true colors again. Uh, they finally played a good team. And what happens when they played the said good team? They lose. And not only did they lose, they blew whatever lead they had. And But, I mean... I'll talk about it later on in the show, but the committee seemed to still think that they're as good of a team as they think they are. And uh, moving on to Georgia and Florida, and I'm going to combine it with Mississippi State, Kentucky. Uh, Georgia killed Florida. Mississippi State, of course, upset Kentucky, which in part uh, gave Georgia the East. Georgia will now play whoever wins the West, which right now I think is between uh, the West is wide open, which we don't see that often. I mean, usually we always think Bama is the clear, like, unanimous West winner. But it looks like Auburn has a good chance at uh, upsetting Bama to get that. A&M could very well also take that uh, West spot. Uh, Ole Miss, if they went out and everyone else loses, they could, of course, win the West. Uh, we've not seen the West in this kind of tight battle for a long time. And uh, – for since 2017, Auburn holds all the cards in their own hand. If Auburn finds a way to win out, uh, they of course would win the West because they'd have a win over Bama, and only have one SEC lost when Bama and A and M at that point would have two, or A and M actually have three at that point. Uh, Auburn holds a lot of power in college football right now because all we have to do is win out, and that gives us the West, and then we get to play Georgia again, and if we could somehow beat Georgia. That gives Auburn a CFP spot, I believe. And uh, looking at uh, – I'm going to go ahead to TCU. I want to spend a good time on Auburn. Uh, TCU just is mutually parting ways with Gary Patterson uh, after he was with the program for 22 years. So it's going to be really weird. It's going to be like whenever uh, uh, Bill Snyder left Kansas State. You see someone who's been at this school for as long as he was, and you just find it very – uh, you find it shocking seeing like this team start off with another coach in a new era. Uh, Gary Patterson, uh, in his time at TCU, was a hundred eighty had hundred eighty one wins with seventy nine losses, which is sixty nine point six percent win percentage, uh, bowl record eleven and six. Uh, and everyone knows TCU's had a great has a has had a great run between like the the er, like late two thousands to early two thousand tens where they were one of the best teams in college football. I remember 
uh, Andy Dalton year, whenever they had an argument to be in the BCS National Championship over maybe in Oregon or maybe over in, I wouldn't say over in Auburn, but I mean, there was an argument to be made for both sides. And whenever they had Trevion Boykin, uh, they were also a really good team. I mean, they were making pushes for the Big Ten or Big 12 every year. And, and TCU has always been one of my favorite teams to watch. They are a they they also have some of the best uniforms, purple and black. Never you can never go wrong with purple and black. Uh, but yeah, that's a big it's a big loss to the college football community because you know everyone knows Gary Patterson and you associate TCU with Gary Patterson. So I don't know who they could possibly pick up. I mean, there are a lot of big jobs open right now. There's the USC job. There was the LSU job open. Uh, Miami might be open at the end of the year. TCU is now open. And I can't think of any other top of my head. I know the Georgia Southern job is now closed because Clay Helton from USC uh, just got hired. People are saying that it's a demotion, which maybe it is, but it's a great hire for Georgia Southern. They brought in a Power 5 coach, and hopefully he can turn that program around and give them a competing chance in the Sun Belt, I believe. Sun Belt or CUSA? It's one of those two. And going to move on to Auburn. It's been these last 10 minutes of the first segment talking about Auburn. Uh, Ole Miss traveled to Jordan-Hare, lost 31-20. Ole Miss left 12 points off the board with their inability to convert on the fourth down in the red zone. Why weren't they kicking field goals? Uh, I don't know if many people know about Lane Kiffin, but he is a very determined individual. When he thinks the analytics are in his favor, he'll take every opportunity he can. So whenever it was fourth and three or shorter – he made sure to go for it on fourth down, and the Auburn defense was ready for it every time. Uh, every time they tried to run the ball in the middle, uh, the D-line got a push, stopped him, stuffed him, and stopped him from – I mean, if if he kicked a field goal in every fourth down situation he had in the red zone, they would have – they have would have won 32-31, to 31, which would completely have changed everything that we've just saw over the past 24 hours, of course, for the CFP rankings. And Auburn finally looked to find a run game in against Ole Miss. Uh, it took forever. It took since the uh, Penn State game for this to happen. But, I mean, again, this is one of the worst defenses Auburn has played. Uh, Tank Bigsby, 23 carries, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, this was another great game from Bo Nix, 22 of 30, 276 yards, one touchdown. Also had eight carries for 30 yards and ran in for two touchdowns. So, good game by Bo Nix yet again. I feel like I'm saying that every week now, that this is another great game by Bo Nix. He is definitely improving. Hopefully this Texas A&M game on Saturday can really uh, – he can really enhance these thoughts about how good he actually is if we can all pull off this win over A&M and College Station. But after watching the Ole Miss game, I've been posing this question everywhere because I'm very curious. And if you have an opinion on it, please tweet it at, tweet at me. At your boy, the tank. That is Y A B O I T H E T A N K. And answer this question for me Is Bo Nix a top five Auburn quarterback all time? I think so. I know I've met a lot of people that have also agreed with it, and then some people are kind of just have him on the outside looking in. Uh, I was talking to my good friend Harrison Tarr, host of the TNT in the morning. Uh, he actually has Jarrett Stidham at five above Bo Nix. But I can say everyone pretty much has the same top four. Everyone has Cam at one, of course, Pat Sullivan two, Jason Campbell at three, Nick Marshall four. And then after four is when the conversation starts. I have Bo Nix at that five spot. 
but I've heard Jared Stidham. Uh, Jared Stidham's been the one that I've seen the most people uh, put over Bo in my top five and then have Bo at six or maybe even a little bit lower. Uh, my thing with Jared is the fact that he had a good, he had a good, great, he had a great year in 2017. But 2018 kind of saw a, a drop off. It could have, you know, you can blame the O line, you can blame Gus Malzahn's scheme, but there was a huge drop off in uh, the stats, the wins, everything from that 2017 and 2018 season. So that's my whole stigma with Jared Stidham is the fact that he declined at his time at Auburn. But what I'm seeing from Bo, if he continues how he's playing right now, I'm seeing continue. I'm seeing a I'm seeing a stagnant line, and then when, as soon as Brian Harson gets hired, I see it kind of goes up a little bit, and Georgia State kind of mellows out. But then after Georgia State, it just skyrockets. If he continues how he's playing right now, I think that he's a he is a, a unanimous top five. If he beats Bama, I put him above Nick Marshall. If he, next year, if he w- keeps playing like this, like what if he wins a Heisman? He's above Jason Campbell, and if he can somehow win a Natty or something like that, I have him over Pat. Cam Newton is a player that I think transcends all quarterbacks almost all time, really. And I don't think anyone can really take away Cam Newton's season. Uh, and uh, I have a pool of a bunch of players that didn't make it. I knew Jared Stidham didn't make it on my list. Uh, Damian Craig is another really uh, – is one of those all-time great Auburn quarterbacks that I don't think gets as much credit as he really deserves for how good he was. Uh, Patrick Nix, uh, you know, beat Bama. Uh, and, uh, funny enough, I saw a stat. And so the Brazers won the World Series last night, of course, uh, which hasn't happened since 1995, which when all, – in, all, in 1995, Auburn starting quarterback that year was Patrick Nix, and Auburn beat Alabama. Uh, before that, they won in 1957, which was the year Lloyd Nix was the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. And Auburn also won the uh, Iron Bowl that year as well. So if history does seem to repeat itself, Auburn has a good chance at the Iron Bowl this year. And uh, so Patrick Nix, Stan White. Uh, many people, if you if you listen to radio or Auburn radio, you know who Stan White is. And of course Brandon Cox, who was the quarterback, not right before Cam, but he was right after Jason Campbell, and then Chris Todd was right after Brandon Cox, and then here comes Cam. And then everyone knows the rest. And, yeah, I would love people to tweet at me about who they think their top five quarterbacks are for Auburn. Because I think Bo Nix is – he's not – I think he makes a good push for that top five spot. Uh, he's been playing great this year. And, I mean, we, we've seen an improvement from him. It's not like – it's not really like he was a terrible quarterback or a bad quarterback. He was just average. And that's what you expect from – that's what you get whenever you have a – Gus Malzahn scheme. I mean, you look at Gus Malzahn at UCF, there was a significant decline from last year to this year in terms of how their offense has been playing. And now you're seeing Gus Malzahn, the scheme, leave Auburn. Brian Harson brings in his scheme. Bobo brings in his scheme. And we see a significant improvement in Bo Nix's play. Well, of course, we could say after the Georgia State game. But, I mean, he played great in those first two uh, cupcake games. I thought he played pretty well against Penn State. And Georgia, you know, Georgia happened. You know, Georgia is going to make everyone look bad. I just think that looking at it from a statistical standpoint, you have to put Bo Nix in the top five. And if you don't, I think he's at six. There, or if you're going to make it like uh, com- go completely 
uh, descriptive about it. 5A, 5B would be Jarrett and Bo. But if Bo wins out this year, if he keeps playing like he is, he's easily above Jarrett. Because, I mean, he, he'd be the only quarterback we've had in I don't know how long. I, I mean, well, till Jason uh, Campbell, of course, to have beaten Bama more than just once. Nick Marshall wasn't able to do it more than once. I mean, that was the year that uh, Auburn's offense kind of took a little decline because people started to figure out the uh, the hurry-up run game. Uh, Jason Campbell, of course, had like the – I don't think he ever lost to Bama unless he – well, he might have. And then that, he started the uh, got six era. Uh, Cam was, of course, only here for a year. And then between Cam and Nick, I don't think Auburn ever won. Uh, either of those iron bowls. I think we get blown out in both of those. But, yeah, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this. I know I've been asking everyone around that I know knows anything about football to uh, to tell me. It's like, hey, do you find Bonix a top – do you think he's a top five quarterback all the time? And people that say – I've had someone that said no, and then whenever I said who would they put above him, and they just, like, didn't answer my question, which I was like, okay, why would you even have an opinion for it? But, yeah. Tweet at me, at your boy the tank, and let me know what you think. I'm going to spend these last two minutes of this segment talking about something I find very funny. Uh, many people have probably heard this if you listen to Compact Discourse. Uh, there was a monkey attack yesterday, I believe, yesterday morning or Monday. Uh, Texas assistant coach, I can't remember his name, but he used to coach at Bama with Sark, and he left with them. Has a girlfriend who is an exotic dancer. She is known as the Pole Assassin. She has a pet monkey. And the pet monkey on Halloween attacked a... Oh, so it's Halloween. It attacked a trick-or-treater. This is one of the funniest headlines I have ever read. I somehow missed it up until yesterday uh, when my teachers pulled it up. And me and my friends all got a great laugh out of it because this is one of the funniest stories I have ever heard. You have an exotic dancer named the Pole Assassin who has a pet monkey who had just attacked a trick-or-treater. I don't think it gets as funny. I mean, college football is one of my is the one of the best sports ever made or ever watched because you get you get storylines like this on a yearly basis. I mean, you always find these weird headlines that come up like this. But we're coming up on a break right now. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the CFP poll, which oh boy, it's rough. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Tank Talks Football here on Wiggle 91.1 FM. We are going to spend this whole segment, if I have uh, if I have the breath for it, to talk about the college football playoff poll, the first one to come out this year. And I have never seen a poll that has been this controversial in the entire era of the college football playoff. This is one of the worst first week CFP polls I have ever seen. This is horrendous. And, I mean, I might be a little biased because I love Cincinnati, but this is garbage. I hate most of these, or where they put most of these teams. I'll just run through it real quick. I'll spill my, I'll say any thoughts that will come up about it. I might just do it how the CFP does it. I might just, like, go up, and then when it gets to 1 through 6, I'll just go from 1 to 6 instead of 6 to 1. But at 25, Pitt, I think Pitt deserves to be ranked in some way, shape, or form. They have been a good team. They have just lost to Miami, so maybe they shouldn't be ranked. But, I mean, they are at the last possible spot. Which, I mean, I think they're better than these, uh, at least this team, San Diego State, who had just who was just undefeated, lost to Fresno State, who is now at 23. 
Uh, I don't know if San Diego should be ranked after they just lost to uh, Fresno. I think that should have knocked them out. I don't know how high that would have put them if they would have done this last week if a loss only like moved them down to like that. But, yeah, 23 Fresno State for just being San Diego State. 20 through 22 baffles me. I think they're just doing this to make the Big Ten look better. But at 22 is Iowa. Iowa is a team who has lost to Purdue and Wisconsin. Iowa has looked terrible over the past three weeks. They have one of the worst offenses I have ever seen. I'm watching a quarterback on a Power 5 team who is just one who'd rather turn the ball over than anything else. He threw for like three to four interceptions against Purdue, which per, had which everyone thought Purdue was going to be good after that because like, oh yeah, Purdue. Purdue always is, is known for, you know, ruining people's seasons. But that's not the case. Purdue is not good. And the fact of the matter is that this Iowa defense is really good, but since their offense is so garbage and can't move the ball, can't score, your defense gets tired after a while. So now they're losing by like 20 points because their defense isn't getting a break and their offense is not scoring any points. I don't think Iowa deserves to be ranked at all. I said that was Wisconsin at 21. I don't think they deserve to be ranked. I think that their losses, I mean, of course they've lost to Notre Dame, Penn State, and Michigan, who two out of those three are top 10 teams. But Wisconsin was does not look has not looked good in any of any games they've played in. They've made these teams look bad at points. Notre Dame looked has always looked a suspect at best. And we just saw Michigan play against a good team, and they lost. And, of course, Penn State has lost to uh, – they lost to – who did they lose to? They lost to Iowa, and they lost to, I believe, oh, yeah, Illinois in the nine-overtime game. So, yeah, those are not – two of those are quality losses, but, I mean, Penn State is not ranked. So you lose to an unranked team, but that puts you – and you're still ranked? That makes no sense to me. And you're putting uh, – the thing that – UTSA not being ranked kind of – makes me upset because Wisconsin has three losses. UTSA is undefeated still. And I don't know if they'd be in the 26th range or the 27 range. They ha- they have to be like on the outside looking in if that's the case. Because I mean, San Diego State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, I don't think they should be ranked above UTSA. I mean, you c- they always use the fact that the group of five doesn't have a tough enough schedule. But what more do you want them to do? Do you want a that you want them to just ignore their conference and have a 12 schedule power five to and schedule 12 power five teams. That is ridiculous. I don't know what, how they expect this to be the case. And this is why the playoffs should be expanded. Cause I'm going to get to it whenever I get to the top six, because the number six team, it makes me infuriates me. The fact that they're not any higher than what they are. If you know me well enough, you know that I hate where they ranked a certain team, uh, 20 Minnesota, Again, they've lost to uh, they lost to Ohio State. That's their one uh, quality loss. But two weeks later, they lost to the Bowling Green Owl or Eagles. Are they? I think they're the Eagles. Yeah, the Bowling Green Eagles at home. If you you're losing to uh, a, a MAC team at your own stadium, I don't think you should be ranked. If you're if you're uh, acquitting how good the Power Five is, you're losing to a Group of Five team. If anything, if you're going to have that the case, Bowling Green should be ranked, and and most people that know Bowling Green know they shouldn't be. But they beat they beat the number twenty team, and but so Minnesota, they they were a good team. They were a good team at the beginning of the year. They played Ohio State close. If they had not hurt if the running back had not gotten hurt, they would have beaten Ohio State. And then I can see an argument that they should be 
probably in the top 10 if they would have been Ohio State or anything else. And uh, if I moving up still, uh, NC State, I think NC State is, I think it's a good spot for NC State. They've played pretty well. Uh, I don't see any argument. I think that they are a top 20 team. They are one of the better teams in the ACC, which doesn't really say much. Uh, 18, Kentucky. I think Kentucky's too high. I don't know if they should be ranked after how they've played over the past three weeks. Uh, they just lost to Mississippi State, who, oddly enough, has now jumped up from unranked to top 17, which I like Mississippi State. I think they've been playing very well. They are not 17th. I think if you're going to rank them, 25 to 20. I think the 22 range is perfect for them right now. I need to see a little bit more out of them. I mean, Kentucky's not been playing well, so they caught them slipping. A&M possibly was throwing games to get ready for Bama. I just think Mississippi State is just not, right now, the 17th best team. I think there's an argument for them to be made that they're better than, like, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Fresno, and San Diego. But other than those teams, I don't I don't think they're better than I don't think they're a better team than Kentucky. I think Kentucky's played them better, or is, is a better team. I just think they just got caught slipping. And then I look at NC State. I think NC State's a good is a better team too. Because I mean, um, I think Mississippi State did they beat? I think they may have been NC State. So maybe it makes sense for someone, but it doesn't make sense to me. I need someone to explain to me why Mississippi State is that high. And 16 going staying in the state of Mississippi, Ole Miss is at 16. Uh, I think it's a good spot for them. I mean, they were in the top 10, and then they they lost to Auburn. So I, I'm assuming they would have been at 12 or something and moved down to four, moved down four spots to 16. 15 BYU. I think they're a little high. I have not been that impressed with them thus uh, in the, of the past few weeks. Uh, then they they played pretty well last week or the week before where they scored a lot of points. I think they were good that week, but before then they were not that all that impressive. 14 A and M, I think that's a I don't, I don't I think that's a good spot for A and M right now. And 13 at Auburn, I think that's a good spot. 12 is Baylor. I like Baylor. I think they should be up there. But the thing that gets me is another big Big 12 team, Oklahoma State. I don't think they're 11th. I think losing to Iowa State probably should have moved them back a few spots. I think Auburn should have been. I think everyone should have been moved up. Oklahoma State should probably be around the 15, 16 range. At ten, Notre Dame. Y'all knew, y'all know my thoughts on Notre Dame. I don't think they're that great of a team. Nine, Wake. Eight, Oklahoma, which is shocking that they put Oklahoma at eight. Seven, Michigan. Six, Cincinnati. I am well. Hold on. Uh, let me. I meant to do that the other way around. One, Georgia, which is not shocking. Two, Bama, which is a little questionable. Three, Michigan State, again questionable. Four, Oregon, which is the worst uh, ranking on this entire list. Oregon is the worst team in the entire top ten to me. I think Notre Dame, Wake, Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan State, Bama, and Georgia would all beat Oregon. Oregon has one of the easiest schedules, and it makes no sense why they got to four. They beat they beat Ohio State, sure. After that, who have they beaten? How bad have they beaten any of these unranked teams that they have been playing? They've not played a single ranked team since Ohio State. I don't understand how they are at four. They lost to Stanford. It makes no sense that they are at that four spot. At five is Ohio State, which sure makes sense. They lost to Oregon, and then they got better. Oregon beat Ohio State and got worse. At six is Cincinnati. That pick made me probably about as mad as seeing Oregon at four. Cincinnati, what do you want them to do? Are you, it's like what I said with, uh, I forgot who I said it about, Fresno or UTSA. 
Are you wanting they have to play a whole 12 game power five schedule for the committee to look at them as a potential top four team? You, is it just because they're not making enough money? Do they not make, not make enough money for like a for, compared to like a Michigan State, Oregon, Georgia, or Bama that you can't look at them and think, no, oh, they're a great team. They should be top four. I if I was to rank this right now, Georgia one, Cincy two, Bama three, Michigan State four, and Ohio State at five, maybe Oklahoma, Michigan, or Wake at seven. Oregon is not in the top ten to me. I would put them below Notre Dame. And they'd go somewhere down there. They have not been impressive. Beating unranked teams by seven is just not is not quality wins. And they have the easiest schedule out of any team that I can think of. I mean, even Cincinnati has to play an SMU team that only has one loss off of a kickoff return touchdown to walk off the to for a walk off win. Oregon they have to play they have to play Washington, who lost to Montana in Week One. Uh, they have to play Utah, who at times has looked great, other times has looked really bad. And I can't. And Oregon State, Oregon State is a is an okay team, but they're not top twenty five. None of these teams that they have to play are ranked. I and all they did was give they gave Oregon a easy shot at just winning out and getting that four spot. Same thing with Bama. Bama two makes no sense to me because I think well Bama should be lower. But they only did this, I think, to give Bama more wiggle room. Because if Bama does end up winning out, beating Auburn, and then maybe losing to Georgia, they're not going to drop them three spots. They're going to drop them like two. And then they're going to have another Georgia-Bama game for the CFP. And you're screwing out. You're screwing so many teams out of a shot at this. Wake Forest at nine. They win the ACC. Do you give them a spot? I don't think the CFP would do. I don't think the committee would do that. They look at this as more of a opportunity to make money. So I feel like Oklahoma, if Oklahoma wins out, Oklahoma's just going to steadily move up, jump Cincy, and jump someone up here. They might jump Oregon, and then we're going to be stuck with like a Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, maybe, and Oklahoma uh, college football playoff again. The only thing different is the fact that Clemson sucks and they're not ranked. It this is too much of a chaotic year for us to get the same outcome as we have been getting over the past six years. I don't know how the committee can just look at this and go, oh, yeah, you know what? This is – we don't need to go more than four teams. Four teams is perfect. This does not show me the four best teams. This shows me who the committee thinks is going to make them more money because I cannot look at Michigan State and Oregon right now and think that they are better teams than Cincinnati or Ohio State. I think Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten. After losing to Oregon, they have been playing great. I think Ohio State should be at three if this is the case. Uh, Cincinnati should be at four. Oklahoma, they've looked, they've been good at times, but eight is a good spot for them right now. They deserve, they need to work for that spot. They have to play eleven and twelve later on in the season. They have to work for that playoff spot. Oregon does not have to work for that. Ohio State has to play seven and three. They can earn that playoff spot. And Bama, if they lose, if they lose to Auburn, if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship, they do not deserve a spot. They would be a two loss team at that point and me you, you can make an argument that most that some two lost teams probably can be and they're probably that good this Bama team is not your typical Bama team if they lose another game whether it be to Auburn or uh Georgia move you have to move them out of that top four slot you have to they cannot be two three or four they can be like six or seven or maybe even eight move them all the way down 
There is no way that they should be in the college football playoff. They have not looked good. It should be Georgia is unanimous number one. I think Cincy should be at two. Michigan State at three. And whoever wins, uh, well, I think Ohio State should probably be at four, if that's the case. Or Bama should be at four. Or just not Oregon. Oregon does not even deserve a spot in the top ten. All right, well, you know what? We're coming up on a break. I got that rant out of the way. And when we come back from this PSA, I'm going to talk a little NFL football. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the back half of Tank Talks Football here on Week 91.1 FM. We're going to get the NFL talk started uh, with some breaking news from probably like 30-ish minutes ago maybe. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers has just tested positive for COVID. That means the Packers will be out. Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, and Devontae Adams for their Sunday game against the... I believe it's the Chiefs. Yep, Chiefs. Which, I'll probably I'll predict this game later on, but I don't think that's as big of a deal. The Chiefs have not been looking good. They've looked okay at times, but it's all about how will Jordan Love play. Uh, yesterday, uh, Las Vegas Raiders announced that they have released Henry Ruggs III. After he was charged with a DUI, uh, he drove. He was driving drunk and rear-ended a car that, end, that ended the life of the person in the car. Uh... ESPN just released some details of the crash. Henry Ruggs was driving 156 miles per hour. And it says that his blood alcohol content was twice Nevada's legal limit, which is horrendous. Uh, I don't think Ruggs, I don't think he'll be playing in the NFL anymore. I don't think he's going to, he's probably going to be in jail for a good amount of time for this. I've seen some people say he's going to be facing like two to 20 years uh, is what I have been hearing which makes sense. Uh, and I know a lot of people have been kind of speculating about people were trying to say innocent until proven guilty kind of thing. But, I mean, he, I, you can't really do a court case in this. You can, but, I mean, there's no real evidence to really support him not going to jail for a long time. But the fact he's going 156 miles per hour and 127 with the airbags were deployed in his car Says the judge, uh, Ruggs uh, was not asked to enter a plea to the charges. So I, he's pretty much going to jail for a long time. Uh, hope And it's a terrible situation to be put in for him because I know that if you know his past with uh, before like his high school like friend from Alabama, before he went to Alabama, it's really a weird thing to be put in. I mean, you should never – it's never okay to drive drunk, and I, I hopefully he understands that now. But to move on from this, I'm going to go with the Rams trading for Von Miller. Uh, trading for Von Miller makes his defense way scarier than it already is. Uh, imagine you're a quarterback in the NFC West, like a Russell Wilson, Garoppolo, or a Kyler Murray. You look over, you look over your center. There's Aaron Donald sitting right there, ready to blitz you. Uh, then you look over to your right, and you see Von Miller getting ready. And then you look at your receiver on the end, and Jalen Ramsey's on him. What do you do in that scenario? You have one of the best edge rushers of the past decade. You have one of the best defensive players all time, and you have uh, the best corner in the league all in the same defense. I think that's one of the most talented – no matter – it's only three players, but this makes it the most talented defense in the National Football League. Uh, it, it's like the, the Nightmares video that Auburn had posted about Kevin Still saying you see five, you see three 
coming at you. You're going to see 99, you're going to see 58, and you're going to see five making it impossible for you to throw the ball. I think this makes them a they're they were already contender. It makes them a real contender for that Super Bowl. I think whoever wins the NFC West, it's probably going to end up going to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's between the Rams and the Cards, which have looked like the two best teams in the NFC at least. Uh, of course, the Packers have looked well too, but I'm going to keep them out of the topic right now since they're going to be without uh, at least our quarterback for at least two weeks. So hopefully they, hopefully this the next time they play is going to be a great matchup. I absolutely love this trade because I mean I don't have I don't think we have to play the Rams. I do I'm kind of scared. Uh, so hopefully, uh, this doesn't affect the Panthers at all. Uh, but yeah, Von Miller they gave up the Rams gave up another they gave up a second round pick and a third round pick for this upcoming draft, which leaves them with only three picks. So it shows that the Rams are banking on the fact they can win the Super Bowl this year, and if they don't, they pretty much won't have. Well, they won't have they'll have to like find a hidden gem in those third fourth, fifth, sixth round picks that they have left. Uh, And, you know, going to the Tennessee Titans now, Derrick Henry, who many have said is like their – you could make an argument that he's the top running back in the league right now. Uh, He just hurt his foot. I couldn't remember – couldn't tell you what the exact injury was, but he will be out for six to ten weeks after surgery. Uh, But the Titans have just signed a, a, a household name, Adrian Peterson, who is a top 10 running back all time to their roster. I think that he is going to make some kind of, I don't think he'll make an instant impact, like work him into the offense. Cause I mean, you still have uh, McNichols uh, to play for a bit. Uh, but I think once AP comes into this, uh, starts playing for the Titans, I feel like it's going to make them not as good as they were, but it'll be a, it'll be a great one, two punch, especially if Derrick Henry ends up coming back before the playoffs. Uh, I think I I don't know how much this affects the Titans as a whole because I mean many pe- you can make a, people joke all the time about the fact that Derrick Henry Derrick Henry is that team and without Derrick Henry the Titans are not good. We're going to be able to see that in these upcoming weeks about how good the Titans are and we're going to learn especially this week whenever they have to play the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Uh, this is going to be a huge game because it's going to show how good the Titans actually are. If they can't win without Derrick Henry, if they can't move the ball at all because they can't run the ball, it's not going to be a good look. And six, and you know, if six to ten weeks, if they, at maximum of ten weeks, that's ten losses if they can't move the ball. I mean, I don't, I don't know their schedule by by memory, but I'm just saying without Henry and they can't win games. If you go ten, if you lose ten games now, or if you lose like eight or whatever, you've pretty much cemented your spot as like a possible non-playoff they just have to win their division but I mean that's not hard to do but you're giving everyone else an opportunity to like pick up slack you know the Colts have not looked bad they've just had games where they've turned over the ball a little too much or they just have not played well on offense if they can get that together while the Titans are having a down season right now they can make their way up and get that playoff spot and then no one and when you have a nine and nine and eight Colts leading the uh division maybe and like a eight and nine Titans, the Titans won't make the playoffs. I mean, they'll be knocked out strictly after having a 2,000-yard rusher. This this hurt, and Henry was probably on pace to rush for 2,000 yards again, but right now it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Because I mean, if he at minimum six weeks, that's he'd have to he'd be lucky to hit 1,500 at that point. Uh, moving on to the Jets, the Jets quarterback Mike Wright 
upset the Cincinnati Bengals, threw for 545 yards against this Bengals defense, led the NFL in passing that week. And I saw a headline saying that a guy bet $1,000 that Mike Wright would lead the NFL in passing for week nine or week eight. And he, of course, did lead the NFL. Uh, so the guy bet $1,000, cashed out on $125,000. Holy cow. Uh, I would love to do some sports gambling, but I don't think I could ever get that lucky. And uh going to go on and do my predictions with these last five minutes. Uh, for the NFL season, Thursday Night Football, tomorrow we have Jets travel to Indianapolis to play the Colts. I think that... Well, speaking of Mike Wright, uh, he's looked like the guy. I'm gonna make a joke. He looks like the guy right now because he, he mean he's played he played better against Cincinnati than Zach Wilson's played all year. Uh, I still think the Colts are gonna win this game. I think they have the better defense, and I think their offense is will make up for the fact that the Jets don't have the best defense right now. Uh, so I'll go with the Colts. Uh, Browns travel to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. This is a good game. I don't know how healthy the Browns are right now. But I know the Bengals are fresh off of a loss to the Jets. I think the Bengals bounce back, and I think they make a push for that number two spot in the AFC North. Uh, then we have the Pats as they travel to the Panthers. Uh, I was hoping for a Cam Newton comeback story, but since Cam Newton got released, I'm hoping that the Panthers win, but I'll be picking the, pa- the Patriots. Uh, the Panthers' defense has looked pretty good. Uh, oh, it did look pretty good last week against the Falcons, but, I mean, it's the Falcons. Stephon Gilmore has looked re- looked really good. Of course, he had the interception that sealed the game late. I will have to go with the Patriots, though. I think they have the better team. I think their offense can actually competently move the ball at times. Carolina, I've not been able to see that ever since Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Chuba Hubbard is a good backup running back. Sam Darnold just needs to pick up the game a little, his slack a little bit. Get the ball to Robbie Anderson some. I think Robbie's a great wide receiver. I just don't know why I'm not throwing to him. Uh, Vikings at Ravens. I am going to go with the Ravens here. I think the Vikings are a good team. I think they can make a, a give some team fits. I think overall the Ravens are the better team. And the Vikings always find ways to lose games like this. So I got to go with the Ravens. Uh, Packers at Chiefs. I want to pick the Chiefs because I'm like, okay, it's an arrowhead. And maybe they can pick up the slack. But, well, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers and Lazard and Devontae Adams is a big hit. So, you know what? Maybe I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm not confident in that pick. I was going to go with the Chiefs because, you know, without being, without a Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how good the Packers are. And I think that'll that'll show this week. Uh, then we have the Cards as a travel to the Bay Area to play the 49ers. Uh, a lot of people have been picking the Niners here. I'm going to go with the Cards. I think they are the best team in the NFL, you know, minus, you know, they lost to the Packers, but I mean, that, that play made me so upset. The fact that AJ Green didn't turn, turn his head around to get that touchdown. But I still think they're one of the, if they're not the best, they are second best. I got to go with the Cardinals here. Uh, And then Sunday night football Titans at Rams. Titans without Derrick Henry, of course, I have to go with the Rams. I think the Rams are the better team. I think, especially I don't think Von Miller is going to be incorporated in this defense just yet. I just think that this offense can move the ball quickly, efficiently, score a lot of points, 
this Titans defense is not known for stopping offenses. I think this could either be a blowout. I think well, I think it's going to be a blowout because I don't think this Titans defense is that good. And of course, without Derrick Henry, I don't know how good this offense could really be, especially against one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I think the Rams are the safe and easy choice here. Then we move on to Monday football. The Chicago Bears travel to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Uh, this is a battle of two of the uh, most disappointing teams of the year. Well, not, not Chicago. Everyone pretty much knew that they were not going to be as good. But, I mean, I got to go with the Bears. I think the Bears well, – hold on. I got to think a little bit. I was about to go with the Bears. I might go with the Steelers. I don't think the ba- – hold on. <laughs> I've never been this torn between two uh, two teams I never really cared about. You know what? No, actually, no. I'm going to go with the Bears. Matt Nagy is not coaching. He still has COVID. And last week we saw that without Matt Nagy, the Bears actually look pretty competent. So I'm going to go with the Bears. I think Justin Fields is going to do have a great game. And I don't really trust that Pittsburgh defense or Pittsburgh offense. I think ben, Big Ben is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's, he's not dead last, but he's definitely the worst of his division. And I think Justin Fields is talented enough to move that ball and score some points for Chicago. We're coming on a break, and we come back. I'll wrap up the show with my – College Football Week 10 Predictions. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the last 10 minutes of the Bench... Not Benchwarmers. Sorry, Benchwarmers is my other podcast that I run, but the last, last 10 minutes of Tank Talks Football here on Wiggle 91.1 FM. Going to end the show with my Week 10 Predictions. I found 10 games that I found the most interesting, and I'm going to pick them for you. Ohio State at Nebraska. I'm going to go with Ohio State here. I feel this is an easy choice. I just think Nebraska could possibly make a run or give give Ohio State a run for their money, but I, of course I'm going to go to Ohio State. Wake Forest travels to Chapel Hill to play UNC. UNC is actually a favorite, but I'm going to have to go with Wake Forest here. I like Wake. I like the Demon Deacons. I think they're one of the best teams in college football, especially since they have one of the worst rosters or worst ta- or least amount of talent on their team. So i got to go with the Demon Deacons here. Uh, Liberty at Ole Miss. For Auburn's sake, I really hope Liberty wins this game because, I mean, it would – I want Liberty to beat Ole Miss and then Ole Miss to beat A&M. I think that really helps Auburn's case in some way, shape, or form. But I, I'm going to pick Ole Miss, but I'm hoping for Liberty to win. Uh, Georgia Tech at Miami. Uh, I had this game on here strictly because of Mr. Harrison Tarr. So I'm still going to go with Miami. I think Miami is the better team. Georgia Tech has been off and on at times. Uh, Michigan State at Purdue. I'm going to go with Michigan State, but Purdue could make a push for that win. Uh, I mean, they, they have a they have a habit of playing good against teams whenever that team looks like they're going to be a contender. So moving on to Navy at Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to pick Navy. I think Navy could win this game easy. Uh, they, they always give people trouble. And you know what? I haven't been that person Notre Dame. I think they've all – and. Navy gave Cincinnati a run for their money. I think Navy can do the same to Notre Dame, even if they win or lose. I think it's going to be a close game th- throughout. Uh, Oklahoma State travels to West Virginia. I have Oklahoma State. I don't know. I've not. West Virginia's not been as good as people probably thought they could be. Oklahoma State's been playing very well. I want. I think Oklahoma State is probably going to go undefeated up until uh, Bedlam. Uh, we're going to go skip Auburn, do them last Mississippi state at Arkansas. I have Mississippi state. I think that they've been on a hot streak thus far. I think they are the, one of the better teams 
in the SEC, which is shocking because no one really expected this to happen. Uh, and finally, Tennessee at Kentucky. I'm going to go with Kentucky. I think it's going to be a close game. Actually, wait. Hold on. I'm going to pick Tennessee. I think Kentucky has been playing uh, pretty bad recently. I think Tennessee, if they're healthy, could win this game. And I'm going to go with Tennessee because I feel like they might will be. I think Hinton Hooker is a great quarterback, and I think he's going to show this week how good he really is. He's one of the good, he's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks that I've seen this year. He gave Bama run for their money, but if they're healthy, they have fresh off a of bye week, they're healthy, and they just skip a beat. I think they win this game. Now to do Auburn A and M, I'm going to give you three reasons. I'm going to give you three things Auburn needs to do to beat A and M. At first, I'm going to go shut down Isaiah Spiller and the skill position players, which I mean it's hard to do. Uh, Isaiah Spiller is one of the best running backs in the in college football, and it's one of the best running back rooms altogether in, in the country as well. Auburn also would need to be able to stop tight ends. Jalen Weidermeyer is another is one of the greatest tight ends I've ever seen. He's not as good as Kyle Pitts was, but he's up there. He's as talented. For he has for sure hands. He's quick. He's agile for a, a big tight end. Auburn's gonna have to stop him at all costs. Uh. Two, attack the corners on offense. Bama, Mississippi State, and Arkansas were all able to pass on them. Uh, they've A and M can stop can stop the run. If we can't, we cannot rely on the run the entire game. We're gonna have to pass the ball. This is gonna be a great opportunity for Bo to show how good he is, how well he can play on the road. If we get this win, at, if we get this win at College Station, it drastically changes the outlook for Auburn on the season. And finally, I've take the twelfth man out early. A&M has some of the most hostile fans in college football. Uh, key to this game would be to make sure that they're not loud the whole game. If we can get a lead, keep it early. Get double digits. Quiet that crowd. Stop that Colt from getting Auburn rattled. If Auburn can get, those, get them out, they can win the game. So, with that, I'm going to make my prediction. Number 12, Auburn travels to – well, actually, I get, these are AP rankings. Number 13, Auburn – Travels to 14 A&M. A&M is actually a four-and-a-half point favorite. They are fresh off a of bye week. And you know what? They've beaten Alabama. Auburn's on a hot streak right now after beating Ole Miss and Arkansas. They've beaten two top 15 teams back-to-back weeks, and I think they make it three. I think Auburn beats A&M close in College Station. I think that the way we've been playing, I've been very impressed with. I've not been as impressed with AM as most people would be. I think their offense is kind of suspect at times. They were able to scheme around Alabama, which I think was at come at a cost of the fact they lost Arkansas and Mississippi State. I don't think they had that kind of prep time. They had a week to figure out Auburn's offense, but us Auburn fans have been watching for nine weeks, or yeah, nine weeks, and we have not even figured out Auburn's offense yet. I think Auburn wins this game in College Station close. And this game probably should have been game day as well. But no, they went to Cincinnati. But yeah, that's all the time I have for you today. Uh, I will see all of you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you missed any part of the show, make sure to catch the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll be back next Wednesday at noon on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can follow the station's Twitter and Instagram at Weagle underscore AU for events, announcements, and more. If you can't make it to a radio, you can listen to our live stream at WeagleFM.com. As for me, come back next Wednesday at noon for more Tank Talks football.